Welcome back, everyone. Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole. Don't forget our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com, and we want to lead you there right now because it's the staple of the show, our Ask the Doctor segment. Go to our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com, click on the homepage, and on the right on that homepage, you'll see a picture of Dr. Brian Cole and yours truly. And you want to click on that link, and you could ask the doc a question. Got some good ones today, Doc. You ready for it? I am. All right. Here's the first question. Why does my back hurt when I do sit-ups? Am I doing something wrong, or should I avoid them? I guess our better question is, what kind of sit-ups are you doing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a complex answer. But look, if sit-ups are bothering you, then uh, they're bothering your back, then there's another a number of other exercises you can do as alternatives to strengthen your core. So the fact is that sit-ups really use more of your hip flexor muscles. Those are the muscles that attach between the thigh and the lower back. Then they actually work on your the, the six-pack muscles or the rectus abdominis muscles, right, the ones that you're always trying to get better and stronger, right? So since the hip flexors, they attach in the front, they can if they get overworked, they can actually over-tighten or cause a, an anterior or forward pull on your lower back. And that might be part of the reason for the discomfort. The other reason might be that for low back soreness is that the, that you're doing sit-ups on a hard surface. When you're doing sit-ups properly, you should actually reverse the curve of your lumbar spine, your lower back, and push your abdominal muscles back so that your back actually gets straight so you can feel the floor against your lower back. That's a proper way to engage your core, okay? So that's sort of reversing that pelvic tilt that we normally have. Right. So that's a pro- if you think about when you do sit-ups, if you're on the floor, you really want to sort of increase your abdominal pressure to flatten out your back to really engage your core. If, frankly, if you're doing that on a hard surface, that might actually cause significant discomfort. So um, there's lots of things you can do to strengthen your core, and I think working on the front and the back is important. There's things like frontal planks and side planks, glute bridges, uh, something called a standing lift or a hay baler, using stability balls. There's a million different ones, and all you got to do is Google it. I would say make it varied. You don't always have to do it uh, on the floor with your back against a firm surface uh, and uh, work the front and the back of the core, sometimes simultaneously, is a very efficient way, and that may help some of the lower back soreness that you get. It's not dangerous. You just want to be able to do the exercise well, efficiently, and get something out of it if you're going to spend the time doing it. Do you do ab work? Oh, yeah, of course. What do you do? What's your favorite I do, exercise? I do, uh, phys- I do planks. I do planks where you sort of you lift up one arm, lift on the opposite leg, you know, sort of uh, counter-rotation type uh, exercises on, for stability. on all fours? On all fours, okay. yeah. I'll do, I mean, look, there's a million ways to do it. Um, yeah. My trainer always comes up with something creative just so it doesn't, you don't get muscle memory. How about machines? Board. I mean, I know you work out a lot at home. You probably um, don't have ab machines, right? Yeah, I've used them, and um, I think they're probably great because you can increase resistance much more than you can do on your own. But it, it's amazing how much core strength you can get just from body weight exercises, like the ones I talked about, just doing front plank where you maybe lift one leg off the floor, side planks, glute bridges, all those things. They're, they're kind of fun. They're varied. And there's a ton of available information online to, 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 to mix it up. I remember I was talking with an NBA trainer, one of uh, the trainers for the uh, NBA players, and he said, you know what, whatever you do is squeeze it. You know what I mean? When you're in the middle of that. Well, that, that was my point yeah, about, that, yeah. well, first of all, when you're doing even a weightlifting Don't be exercise. Don't so fast. Make sure you squeeze yeah. that abdominal muscle. But you could even be doing that while you're doing curls. So the point is that you can create a, take a simple exercise and turn it into a complex movement pattern by engaging your core while you're doing it so you're not wasting time. Well, you always told me, even doing um, bicep curls, do it standing up. Don't sit down. Yeah, right? you're I mean, there's, well, there's various ways core, to do it, yeah. Right? I mean, but clearly you're much more uh, able to engage your core with a standing position, knees slightly bent, 
and in, in properly increasing that abdominal pressure to engage that while you're doing your curls. All right, here's a good one, Doc, and uh, right up your alley, not that all of these aren't, but uh, this is something that uh, you do a lot of. What is the difference, Dr. Cole, between a shoulder separation and a shoulder dislocation? So the, the, a classic shoulder separation is the AC joint, the acromioclavicular joint. That's where the end, of, the end of the collarbone meets the shoulder blade. And a separation, the typical mechanism injury for that would be, say, on a bike falling on the point of the shoulder, skiing uh, falling on the point of the shoulder creates a separation, and there'll be a bump on top of the shoulder. And the suggestion is that the bump is from the collarbone of the clavicle sitting up, but it's actually that the shoulder blade is sitting down. There's a uh, the gravitational force that pulls the whole shoulder shoulder girdle down, leaving the clavicle to appear prominent. That's a shoulder separation. Most of those do not require treatment uh, other than uh, just symptomatic management, and they get better pretty quickly. But you'll be left with a cosmetic deformity, a bump on top of the shoulder. I see a lot of those. The other, the, in contrast, a shoulder dislocation is when the ball and socket joint comes apart. The ball actually comes out of the joint. The most common cause is a traumatic dislocation where the shoulder comes out the front or the front and the bottom. And that's from a high-energy injury. We see it, and just, you know, remember Joachim Noah did it. We've seen it uh, several times in the NBA. Dwayne Wade had one. Um, you see it in football as well. And that requires uh, an emergency relocation where the shoulder gets pulled on and put back in the socket. And if it's traumatically induced, there's a very high rate of recurrence with those, uh, especially in our collision athletes less than, say, 22 to 25 years old. And often surgery is required to prevent it from occurring again. So that's a whole different topic of when to do a shoulder stabilization procedure versus letting an athlete come out again. But those are more likely when traumatically induced to require surgery to prevent it from coming out again and to prevent it from causing further damage or disability. That's Dr. Brian Cole. I'm Steve Cashel. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. This is our Ask the Doctor segment. Again, if you want to get involved, go to our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com homepage. Look for the picture of us on the right side. Click on the link and you can ask a question. Got another good one here. I recently had shoulder surgery. The doctor said, stay in a sling for four to six weeks. I felt comfortable enough to get out after 10 days to two weeks. Was I hurting myself at all? Well, you you have to go back to why the sling was re- recommended to begin with. So if this, most times a sling is recommended to avoid inadvertent forces that could disrupt what was done at surgery. Okay. okay. Yep. So maybe just to remind you to not overwhelm whatever surgical repair was done. So a sling following a rotator cuff repair does two things. It often has a small pillow that lifts the arm a little bit away from the body, and there's some really interesting data that says when the arm is slightly away from the body, the blood supply is better to the rotator cuff. Okay. So the reason to do it is that while you're sitting in that sling, you're maximizing the blood flow of the rotator cuff while it's trying to heal but you're also minimizing tension on the repair. Most of the things that involve a repair are going to ultimately depend upon your body to heal what we did. When I'm repairing something, I'm holding it together with sutures and stitches and things that are not all that strong, right? They're there to hold it in place while your body takes over to heal what we did. So in the setting of a rotator cuff, we're actually sewing a tendon back down to bone with stitches. It takes a minimum of eight weeks for that to be reasonably se- secure. By 12 weeks, if we look in the lab, which we've done, it take that'll accumulate about 75% of the strength. And by four months, it's like we started before we ever had injury or repair, right? 
So the sling in the early phase is largely to protect the repair so you don't inadvertently overwhelm or pull off what we did. So in your case, you had a biceps tenodesis. That's where we disconnected your biceps and your shoulder joint, reconnected it lower down, and the reason we use the sling is to avoid you from overpulling on that repair because your body's going to heal that tendon to the bone. All I've got holding that are two stitches. They're very strong stitches, but your biceps is strong enough to pull away from those sutures until it scars down and heals into the bone. So the sling was to prevent you from moving it inadvertently because you forget. Once the pain gets better after rotator cuff or bicep surgery, you kind of forget, and you're, it's very easy to grab something and use it. And I've had guys pull off their biceps tendon, and I have to go back and do it again. Well, I, I did um, admittedly get out after two weeks, and my physical therapist, by the way, which are at Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, and that is a phenomenal facility, Thank and you. the people are top-notch. <clears throat> I go to Oak Brook, and it is state-of-the-art, brand new. The parking, the people, the whole thing is just so well done, and it's a, it's a pleasure to be there, and they're so good at what they do. I'm working with a physical therapist named Laura Perez, yeah, and she great. is phenomenal, and um, but but... Dr. Cole, they have told me from day one when I started going to physical therapy that whatever I did, I'm doing right because my range of motion was much much further along than most people that have had uh, the surgery that you performed on me. And I'm thinking because I lo- I left let go of the, the sling. Now, you know, I have shaken hands, no, but I've I been don't very... Think that's it. No, no? That no, because, I mean, look... Because some people say, are very stiff, they say, if you're in that sling for four to six weeks and that's all, you know, they come out of their thing and they can't do anything. You know, they can't. Yeah, but that, dep- again, depends on the surgery. So why why am I to... ahead of schedule? <sighs> now, you said my biceps was strong. Yeah, because I didn't do anything? anything. We didn't do anything to um, create scar in your joint. So the likelihood of you losing motion with what I did to you is very low. Okay. The flip side is if I repair a rotator cuff, and it, it basically is a, almost like a tightening procedure, you've got tendons that are attached on that weren't before. Yeah. And the propensity for stiffness is, you know, 10 to 15%. It's not uncommon. So we try to move people early. Again, you use the sling to protect the repair, but with the help of physical therapy, with the help of physical therapy, you undergo guided rehabilitation to help regain your motion. So it's it's complicated, but you didn't have a procedure that likely leads to stiffness because your rotator cuff was fine. It was just your biceps and you have a little bit of arthritis. So that is a different situation. Okay. So you can't okay. generalize. The problem is that people love to talk everybody's to other people. Different. Everyone's yeah. different. You yeah. say, oh, I talked to a friend, this happened. Right. You don't know exactly what happened and everyone's... Right. You know, situation is quite different, and you have to kind of know the devil's in the details. So, but I agree. You know what? I've been very uh, uh, cautious about opening doors with my with my right arm that was surgically repaired. You know, so I, everything's left handed. Groceries and anything I've done has been all left handed. Uh, you know, but uh, obviously you got to be careful because. Part of the reason for the sling is also so that someone recognized you and doesn't hit you in the back, which has yep. happened to me. The old, Absolutely. the old Ralph Cramden. It's good to see a Ralph, right? Yep. <laughs> the Honey yeah. Motors. Yeah. I remember that episode. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's interesting stuff. And like you said, everybody's different. So right. listen to your doctor. Listen to your physical therapist. Yes. yes. All right. We're out of time, Doc. Great stuff. I appreciate it. We're going to see you next week, okay? You have a great week. I will. And many thanks to our producer, and board operator Shane Reardon. I also want to thank our coordinating producer and Dr. Cole. She has been with us for nine years. Trees Ann Seeger, quick comment about tree. 
Yeah, she's been wonderful, and uh, she has uh, decided to take on some other uh, responsibilities and activities, but we have uh, we could not be where we are today without having Teresa Ann, and uh, she's been just a true blessing, and uh, we wish her well, but we'll, I, I know our friendship will continue, and she's still particularly helpful on the philanthropy side for research and so forth, so we really thank her for her service, and we have a new uh, co-producer, Tracy Toro, Great. who is uh, awesome, and uh, Teresa Ann's going to help groom her uh, to make sure nothing gets missed. And uh, she's also a uh, social media guru, so that helps us a lot as well. Great. Teresa Ann Seeger, we will miss you. Tremendous job for being with us for the last uh, eight and a half plus years. We also want to thank David Cole for managing our website and our business operations, as well as Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel saying so long. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on 670 The Score. Up next on The Score, Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Talk with you again next week.